0: If you're a first-time guest, we're so glad that you're here today. Can we give all of our guests a hand, make them feel welcome? And welcome home, we're glad you're here. All right, we're continuing uh, our series, Fear Not, and last week uh, we talked about Herod, and this week we're going to talk about somebody, a, a group of people who acted differently to the coming of Jesus who uh, overcame their fear, and God did incredible things through them. How many wants to overcome fear in your life? And we see in Luke chapter one, verse 26, says, now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, the virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored when the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting that this was. And so Joseph and Mary are engaged there, uh, engaged basically to be married, something uh, similar to that. And God disrupts their plans, has God ever disrupted anybody's plans? They're probably preparing. Mary's got this fairy tale wedding in mind. Her Pinterest board is full. She has lots of things saved on Instagram of you know different pictures of other weddings she's seen. It's going to be a perfect day. And then one day this angel shows up and trashes all of it. And informs her that she is, in fact, pregnant. And oh, by the way, God's gonna move through you to make this all happen. And how many, uh, especially how many women out there could say that would make you do a double take? Amen. Really? And, and so her life has been turned upside down with this news. And what we have to realize, uh, this wasn't necessarily good news, This would be very upsetting, this would be very troubling. But she has three things going for her. The angel tells her that she is highly favored. That God, number two, God is with her. And number three, she's blessed. And when we feel fear, we have to remember those three things, I'm highly favored by God. God has chosen me, God has picked me. Out of all the people in the world, I'm chosen. And God is with me. Jesus said, I will be with you until the end of the world. He tells his disciples before he goes, don't be afraid. I'm gonna be with you till the end of the world. How many knows God's in this house today? How many's felt the presence of God? And then number three, she's blessed. <clears throat> How many knows what God has blessed? Nobody can curse. And so, God initiates the Christmas story. God's the one that sets it into motion. This wasn't people conspiring. This wasn't somebody... A group of religious zealots got together and concocted this story. No, God supernaturally initiates. Now, aren't you glad that God supernaturally initiates things in our life that are so much better than what we want, so much better than what we have planned? How many is glad that one day God ordered someone to witness to you? How many is glad that one day God showed you revelation that changed your life forever? How many is thankful today that it's Jesus who starts what's good in our life? And so the angel tells her to rejoice. You're highly favored. I want to tell somebody, you need to... Rejoice and be glad. Are you going through something today? Rejoice. You're highly favored. God's with you. God has blessing for you. The fact that you're here today shows that you're highly favored. The fact that you know who Jesus is means you're highly favored. You're not like the other people on the block. You're not like the other people at school. You are blessed and highly favored. God is with you. That's what makes the difference in what you can do and what God can do is that God is with you. Oh, why don't we lift up our hands right now and just thank God that he's with us. We thank you, Jesus, that you're with us. We thank you, God, that we're blessed. We thank you, God, that we're favored. We're not like other people. We've got something supernatural on our side today. Verse 29 says, but when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying. Remember last week, when Herod hears from the wise men about Jesus, what does it say he was? He was troubled. So both Herod and Mary are troubled. The difference is how they react to their fear. As so Mary instantly feels fear when she sees this angel with this news. And she, she considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name, what? Jesus. He will be great. He will be called the son of the highest. The Lord will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever in his kingdom. There will be no end. This is what I call a divine disruption. Mary's living her life. Mary's getting ready for the wedding. Maybe she's been watching the Hallmark Channel, watching all the love stories, which which, by the way, can they please hire some more imaginative writers? She's got the story in her mind of what's going to happen. And when there's a disruption, it changes everything. Is anybody else honest enough to say that when there's a disruption, it bothers you? Just this Friday night, I I had uh, a plan in mind and then something disrupted it and I acted, reacted, I should say, the wrong way. And it was something minor, but it, it just wasn't in the plan I had for Friday night, right? And that was minor. That wasn't an angel coming and telling me that I'm gonna give birth to God. <laughs> and so Mary, she's troubled. She feels fear. She's, well, we have to realize this is probably a teenage girl experiencing an unplanned pregnancy. And instead of that happy wedding day, she lives in a little town. And you know what people in little towns do because we're, part of that demographic, we talk. It's okay, go ahead and laugh, just a minute, we talk. (laughs) Everybody knows everything. Everybody knows everybody else's license plate. Everybody knows when you get home, when you leave. Right, we know all the details. And they're gonna know all the details about Mary. What She's saying what? She, she say, she's saying an angel? She's saying, God's the father? Okay. And you know what's gonna happen. It's a highly religious community. They're going to basically snub her. They're gonna talk about her. They're gonna gossip about her. And her happy wedding is not going to happen. And the first point I wanna give us today is this. Don't let Fear of divine disruptions. Don't fear the divine disruptions that alter your life. Mary's life is altered. When Mary saw the angel and she heard the news, she was troubled. You know what probably came first in her mind is, well, there goes my reputation. There goes my happy wedding. There probably goes Joseph because he's not going to stay with me. And there's this divine disruption. And I don't know baby, you, but sometimes in the back of my mind, I think, God, I got this. I don't need you stepping in with one of your dramatic tricks. Come on, has anybody else thought that? God, I've got it scripted out. I will retire at this age. We will go here. We will do that. We will have this many kids. We will uh, work this job. We will be in this place. And Lord, if you want to jump on for the ride, that's just fine, but don't be messing anything up. Don't be messing with my plans. If there's anything that will cause us to fear, it, was, it is God messing with our plans. And, and I want us to see a, a group of people who, unlike Herod, refused to let fear dictate how they reacted to Jesus coming in the world. It says in Matthew 1:18, Now the birth of Jesus took place this way: when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and willing to put her to shame, resolved to v- divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, "Joseph, son of David, do not fear." Everybody say, "Do not fear." to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived of her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. You you know that the only person who really had a choice in this whole matter was Joseph. And he chose to stay. He chose not to be afraid his life is divinely disrupted. I mean, he'll have to get up in the middle of the night one night and move to Egypt. Come on, y'all, that's not like moving to Indiana. Can you imagine that? You're sleeping good. Good. You're like, oh, I got, I got this kid in the world, I've done my job, and then an angel taps you on, hey, wake up, man, you need to move to Egypt now. You need to move to Egypt now. There's some, somebody's gonna try to kill this child, and you need to move now. And, and I, I got big props to Joseph, because I don't know if I could move to Egypt in the middle of the night, y'all. But he does it, and, and, and instead of reacting in fear, he reacts in faith. And we, we can see people, uh, you know, a lot of times we, we love to talk about the innkeeper. And, and how many of you have a negative perception of the innkeeper? Go ahead and raise those hands. Right, we, we, we hear it every year in the Christmas play, in the kids' Christmas play, some grouchy guy comes out and says, oh, we don't have room for you, we'll take you to the barn. Uh, I wanna just tell you, that's not what happened. Did you know that the stable, was a part of the living room, and and they weren't checking into the Motel 6, y'all. They went to someone's house, and so the man says, no, we don't have, our guest room is taken. We don't have room in the inn. The inn was the guest room, but come to our living room, and we'll make space, and instead of being Some evil person who tries to ruin Christmas. He's actually a hero. He makes room. He acts in faith. And he doesn't act in fear. He acts in faith. And a group of ordinary people come together to bring the Messiah into the world. The innkeeper wasn't afraid to be disrupted. He made room in his life. And the disruption that we have in this story is this. Mary, you're gonna conceive supernaturally. You'll give birth to a son. You will call his name Jesus because he's gonna save his people from their sins. Amen. And here's what I wanna tell us today. Divine disruptions often look like unplanned pregnancies. When you're pregnant, there's just a lot of stuff you don't have control over. And for the next nine months, you're along for the ride. Can all the ladies say amen? Amen. And disruptions often don't look like promises, they often look like problems. When God messes up our plans, it looks like a problem, not a blessing. And, and Mary could have said no, Joseph could have said no, but instead they accepted the disruption. And we're talking about them today because they allowed God to disrupt their plans. And God had so much, something so much bigger for Mary and Joseph than living an ordinary life in Nazareth for 50, 60 years and then dying. He had a plan for them that was so much greater. And thank God they say yes. And I want to tell you today: God has bigger plans than you have for yourself. Are you able to push past your fear today and let God disrupt you? How many's open? How many is open to disruptions? How many is open to audibles? How many is open to what God wants to do today? So the first thing that the angel tells both Mary and Joseph is don't be afraid. The first thing that we need to be told in a disruption is don't be afraid. Why? Because when God disrupts us, we've lost control. And the first emotion that we feel when there's a disruption is fear. That's because as we talked about last week, our ego makes us control freaks. We wanna write the story. We wanna tell God what will happen and when and fill in the details. And God says, you know what? I think I'm just a better author than you. I think I can write this story better than you can. And we're often afraid of divine disruptions because they're inconvenient. They're not what we want when we want it. And when we call disruption, what we call disruption, God calls an invitation to the supernatural. When God breaks into our plans, we think it's a disruption. But God is saying, no, no, I wanna take you in and I wanna show you what I can do supernaturally through you. And the second reason we fear divine disruptions is because God's purpose is different than our plans. You know that God's purpose is greater than your plan? And God is not concerned with your comfort. He's concerned with His purpose. He's concerned with His holiness and sanctification being worked out in your life. And often that comes through unplanned. Disruptions That comes through him moving in our lives in ways that we don't see, ways that we can't contrive. Why? Because the ways of God are so much higher and greater than ours. And so we have to let go of control and we have to trust that God has something better for us than we have for ourselves. And maybe you're here today and God has disrupted your life and you're not happy about it. You have to let go and you have to trust that God is writing a better story for you than you are writing for yourself. Luke 1, 34 through 35 says this, Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I don't know a man? In other words, how can I be pregnant when I haven't been with somebody? How can this be? Mary represents all ordinary people of the world who have uh, experienced a disruption in their life and we ask how can this be? How can God do what he said he was going to do? How can God complete what has been started but it's been disrupted? How can God finish what I've seen started in my life but it looks like it's stalled, it looks like it's not going to happen? Can you imagine all the how questions that Mary had? How are we gonna provide for this baby? How am I going to protect this baby? Uh, most importantly, how am I going to raise God? How am I going to train God? How am I going to teach God the ways of the Lord? How am I a simple person? She probably wasn't educated. She probably didn't have all the resources that even a middle-class person in America would have. She was probably very poor, her and Joseph. How, 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 how? Has anybody gone to bed and waken up in the middle of night with one word on your mind, how? How are we gonna pay these bills? How are we gonna get these kids through college? How are we gonna get these kids in the ways of God and how are we gonna protect them in a culture that's gone wrong? How are we going to live for God? How are we going to see the promises of God come to pass? Am I the only person who wakes up asking that question? How? The gravity of every minute decision impacted the salvation of the world. Joseph, if you don't get moving tonight to Egypt, you're gonna disrupt the whole salvation of the world. Mary, make sure you watch Jesus and make sure that he doesn't uh, fall, make sure he doesn't get into the wrong things and hurt himself. Oh, by the way, it's just the salvation of the world that's at stake. Can you imagine the pressure that was on this couple? on this little girl. And all of our how questions are basically the same, aren't they? They are all based on the assumption that we have to figure it out and that if we don't figure it out, it won't happen. But there's two kinds of hows. There's a how of faith and there's a how of doubt. A how of faith is, I don't know how, but God will do it. God will perform it. God will provide the finances. God will provide the people. God will provide the help. And then there's the how of doubt. I don't know how it's going to happen because there's no way we can do this. There's no money we have. There's no, we don't have enough people. We don't have enough this or that that, that. that we Everybody asks how. It's a matter of where your how is rooted. I wonder if there's anybody here today that your how is rooted in faith. I don't know how, but God has a way. I don't know who, but God has the person in line. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but God will provide. And, and God gives Mary the how. In verse 35, he says, this, He says, the Holy Spirit. Everybody say the Holy Ghost. I know that the text says Holy Spirit, but Holy Ghost just sounds more spiritual, doesn't it? Yeah. The Holy Ghost will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Number two, the second point today, the Holy Ghost is the how. How are we going to get the finances? The Holy Ghost is going to help us. Yeah. Yeah. How are we going to raise these kids? The Holy Ghost is going to anoint us to raise these kids and train them in the way of... It. I wish somebody would preach. Come on. I know it's, it's beautiful up here, but don't, don't zone out on me today. Yeah. Sister Loretta, I don't know how you're going to be healed, but the Holy Ghost has an answer. Yeah. The Holy Ghost... I wish two or three women would just go lay hands on her right now. She needs a touch in her body. I wish everybody would stretch your hand. God, I pray, touch Larissa's body. God, we don't have the answer. We can't heal anybody today, but the Holy Ghost can. The Holy Spirit moving through us can do it. Come on, somebody rise up in faith right now. The Holy Ghost can do what we've been, I, I don't know today what mountain you're facing, but I want to tell you the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you, and he has the answer. He has the answer to the problem. I, I, I want to uh, encourage uh, Manny and Chelsea, I, I don't know how we're going to get these young people uh, to stay away from the world and live for God, but the Holy Ghost has an answer. Amen. The Holy Ghost has an answer. I I don't know how we're going to complete dream to destiny. I'm just going to name the elephant in the room. I don't know how. I'm being honest right now. This isn't rhetorical effect. I don't know how we're going to do it. But the Holy Ghost has an answer. He's always helped us through. He's always paid every bill. Brother Mike, come on out here, Brother Mike. I want... You're gonna represent the family today. I know there's so many families, so many people that could represent. We had a great funeral this week for Sister Ida, and she went through a lot, didn't she? In yes. 99 years, she went through death. She, anything you can experience in life, she went through it. how she get it through? The Holy, Holy Ghost. Ghost. The Holy Ghost empowered her to get through tragedy. The Holy Ghost empowered her to get through death. The Holy Ghost helped her raise how many kids... 198 grandkids plus kids. God helped her raise them. Most of them are living for God. At the funeral, there was a huge choir of her family. How did she do that? The Holy Ghost helped her. I wonder if there's anybody here today that still believes in the supernatural power of God that steps in when we can't do it on our own, when we can't make it happen. I mean, I I just saw Marshall over here. He he asked Harold, he said, how many? He said, 198. He said, oh, Lord. (laughs) Marshall, can help. God can help you do it through the power of the Holy Ghost. Danielle, I don't know how we made it through the past six years, but through the power of the Holy Ghost. And George and Elise are gonna live for God. God's got great things. I don't know how we're gonna do what God's called us to do. But that which has been conceived of us, It will come to be how? Through the power of the Holy Ghost. I wish somebody would find somebody to pray with right now. Find somebody that's discouraged say, we're going to do this through the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. We, Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless, but I will come to you. How does he come to us? He comes to us today through the power of the Holy Spirit moving in our lives. And when all the programs have failed, when all the things that we know how to do have failed, there's one thing that always works. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Go before the throne of God and tap into that supernatural stream that goes beyond you and me, goes beyond finances, goes beyond bank statements. Come on, how many's experienced that power? How many can testify that that's true? And you know what we have right here? We have a divine disruption and that's okay. Come on, I wish somebody would just lift up your hands right now and say, God disrupt me. God disrupt my plans. God get, get into my comfortable environment and do what you want to do. Acts 1.8, Jesus said, you shall receive what? Power. Power. After what? The Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you're going to be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and all the ends of the earth. Jesus said, I'm, I'm going to move on you, guys. I'm going to move on you, disciples. No, you can't change the world on your, your own. But you can when the Holy Ghost is moving in you. And here's here's what we gotta realize today. It's the Holy Ghost's job to figure out how. It's not my job to figure out how. It's God's job through the power of the Holy Spirit. And and Mary, I know you're poor. I know you're simple. But when I get involved, world-changing things can happen. And Mary, I've got greater things for you than just to have a family in Nazareth and die and no one know about you. I want you to change the world, but you're gonna have to let me in. And you're gonna have to let me disrupt you. You're gonna have to let me lead you. And I'm gonna show you things. Can you imagine the things that Mary could tell us today about Jesus that didn't even make the Bible? You know that the Bible says that if if everything was written that the world couldn't contain it. Can you imagine the experiences she had? And God has experiences for you. God wants to show you himself in a deeper way, but you're gonna have to let him disrupt. Sometimes that looks like him disrupting our pocketbook. Sometimes it it looks like disrupting our home. Sometimes it looks like disrupting our church. But if you wanna go deeper, you've gotta let go of control. And there's no way that Mary and Joseph could have arranged all the elements of the birth of Jesus to come together. But it came through the power of the Holy Ghost. God already knows the subplots of your story. God already knows the how. God already knows the answer. But you're never gonna find out if you let fear dictate your decisions. Mary, you're going to have to let go and let God. I, I love Luke 1 36. it says, now indeed Elizabeth, your relative, has conceived a son in her old age. The angel tells Mary this. And this is now the sixth month of her who is called barren. For nothing is impossible with God. In other words, the angel said, Mary, don't be afraid. Because there's people in your family that God is supernaturally intervening in their life too. And there's something happens when people, groups of people, let God disrupt them. For nothing is impossible with the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen. How many is that God still heals? How does that God still changes Amen. lives? How does that God's not finished Woo. with you? God's not finished with your family. Amen. God's not finished with this church. Amen. Nothing is impossible Amen. when you have the power of the Holy Spirit. I, I want to tell you how did this church get to where it is, and how we're going to go where we need to go. Well, our secret sauce is called the Holy Ghost. The difference is we'll give you the recipe. Right, right. Amen. Come on. You gotta submit your life to God. You gotta let go of control. Let him fill you with his power. Paul, Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 2. He says, my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. He said, I didn't try to come and impress you with impressive arguments and different rhetorical devices that would make you ooh and awe." but my, my preaching, it came What, through the demonstration of the spirit and of power. How many of us, we need a demonstration of God's spirit in this house, in this place. You know why, I can maybe draw a crowd with good speaking or bringing in the right speakers. And so much of what we're calling revival right now of large church growth, I'm sorry, but it just makes sense. If you bring in the right praise band, you bring in the right speakers, you have the right facilities, all that stuff is a recipe for people to show up, I get it. But we need to move beyond that and I'm not against any of that. And we need to make space for the demonstration of the spirit and what only God can do. I can heal nobody, I can save nobody. I can bring nobody out of darkness into light, but there's a Holy Spirit Amen. that when he moves in the house that can change everything. Amen. How many can testify to that today? Amen. Point number three, you've gotta move beyond your questions and say yes to God. You gotta move beyond your questions and say yes to God. Luke 1:38. and Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord, let it be to me according, what? To your word. And I I sense in her reply, she's still not thrilled. (laughs) She's not like gonna start a text thread with family and friends. Guess what, I'm pregnant. Not happening. There's not some big gender reveal gonna happen. She's not completely thrilled, but she's obedient. And here's what I want to tell you. You don't have to be happy. You just have to be obedient. You can still have questions as long as you move past them. She moves past her questions and she says, I'm whatever you want. I'm the servant of the Lord. Be it according to to your will. What what did Jesus say before he went to the cross? Did Jesus have questions? Absolutely. In his humanity, he had questions. and matter of fact, he says in Matthew twenty six thirty nine, "If it be possible, everybody say, if it's possible, if it's possible, let this cup be taken from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will." Lord, Lord, if it's possible, I don't want this disruption, I don't want this to happen, but not my will, but your will be done. Lord, I'm, I'm saying yes to the invitation for you to disrupt my plans. I'm saying yes to the invitation for you to make me uncomfortable if it's your will that has to be Accomplish, And last week, my last point was this, is don't let your fear dictate what you do for God. And this is kind of the same point repackaged. Get past your questions and say yes. Because if you keep asking the question, if you stay at how, how will never happen. You've gotta move past the question and you've gotta move in faith. And today, God is looking for someone who will do whatever is needed to release him and to the world. Are you willing to do whatever is needed for Jesus to be released into the world today? Are you willing to cancel the fairy tale wedding? Are you willing to say no reception? Are you willing, Joseph, to live on the go? Are you willing to put your plans ahead uh, aside for the rest of your life to keep this baby alive? Why? Because I'm trying to get into the world. And I can think of, of times in my life where God was trying to do something and I couldn't move past my questions. I couldn't move past my fears. And what could have been, what could have happened, what God could have done if I would have just said yes, if we could all stand all over the house right now, Now, I want to ask you this question. What's God saying to you through this message? What's God trying to disrupt in your life, but you're trying to keep it away? You're trying to get rid of it. And thank God for some people who said yes. Thank God for some people who said, God, I'll give you my future. Thank God for some people who didn't let fear dictate their choices. And some of us were trying to figure out what God is going to do when we just need to be obedient. We just need to say yes. We need to get past the how and have faith and anticipation that God is going to do something supernatural because why that which is conceived of us the dreams that God has put in our heart the things the desires that God has placed in our life how they come they came through the power of the holy spirit how are they going to come to pass through the power of the holy spirit and we need to surrender like mary and i wonder all the house right now we could lift up our hands and surrender like mary and say let it be i am your servant god let it be according to your will according to your plan, according to your timeline, according, oh God, to what you want, Lord. And Lord, we pray against fear right now in the name of Jesus. And God, God, I pray you would give us the spirit of boldness to say yes to your will, yes to your plan. Somebody needs to say yes to baptism today. If you wanna be baptized, come see me. Somebody needs to seek the power of the Holy Ghost in your life right now. And here's what I want us to do today. I want us to move in faith today. I believe that God is wanting to do something great among us. We're gonna sing another song, and I wonder if somebody would get out from where you're at and take a faith walk across this place. Somebody, get out from where you're at and go pray with somebody. Get out of your comfort zone. Go, stop thinking about your house and pray about somebody else's how. Pray for them to be healed. Pray for them to be encouraged. Can we do that right now over the place? Can we let God disrupt us? Can we let God disrupt us and this not just be another Sunday morning, but we don't leave this place until we've touched the throne of God. As we begin to sing this song, let's lift up our hands. Let's get connected right now.